This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to part two of August Book Club, the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. There's so much to cover that we've made this a two-part series. And today we're going to be talking about sharing untamed with our children. You know, untamed sparked our journey to deep dive in a journey of self-discovery. And we thought, you know, how great to have been, you know, to never have been tamed in the first place, to have always been our wildest selves. And what can we do to raise children who were able to always be tapped into their knowing? And we kind of broke that down as, as a guide to help you look at how you can untame your children. Hey, Kelly, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm excited to talk about this topic. Me too. You know, I think we're always revved up to try to be, uh, what do I want to say? Woke parents and raise woke children. Um, and so this is just another of many conversations that we have on trying to just raise healthy and happy and kind humans. Yes. And for untaming our children or, you know, preventing them from being tamed in the first place, you know, we kind of came up with three tips and I'll just kind of briefly say the tips and then we'll kind of dive in. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. So, so my first tip, our first tip is let your child feel all the feels that will be encouraging your children on how they can be self full. And finally, teaching your child how to tap into their knowing. So Kel, how can we let our kids feel all the feels and understand that feelings are just feelings and not good or bad? Well, I'm sure you have a lot of good advice here. One of the things for me, and we've talked about this, is I am, I have had to work, some of the work I've done is dealing with emotional neglect where I don't, I'm really good at compartmentalizing my emotions and like, you know, the joke, everything's fine, right? I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, and not really addressing those. And so it's been, you know, for me to consciously work with my kids to feel the feels when they're upset, like, yes, cry, um, helping them to identify the feelings they have. You're ashamed, you're mad, you're happy, you're whatever it is, because I think for kids, they tend to react um, like crying or laughing, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, and crying really encompasses a lot of different emotions. And so working with them to identify those. And the other one is part of the feeling that feels is they have to go through the whole cycle, right? So you never tell your kid to stop crying. You have to let your kid go through and feel all the feels and complete the cycle of those emotions, right, Jess? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, there was this, this book I read, I don't recall it, but he was like, we think we need to be comfortable all the time and we don't, we can be uncomfortable, you know? And so it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be anything but happy. You know, we're not happy all the time and to kind of create these expectations of that we have to be happy all the time is unrealistic. And so I think letting them be uncomfortable, I think, um, if, if we have an emotion that we don't understand, then we're uncomfortable and then we avoid. Um, I also think growing up, we were model, it was modeled to us, mask all feelings with anger 
And I remember when I started being a therapist and I was an adolescent therapist when I started and there was like a little book and it was like, people tend to mask feelings with anger. And so we would have a mask and you draw all the feelings you were actually feeling right on front of the mask. And um, I learned that, you know, anger is a secondary emotion, oftentimes preceded by pain or fear. And so it's like looking at when our kids are coming at us with anger, anger is a secondary emotion. So kind of like you're saying, exploring, okay, what happened? All right. And even last night um, with Gabby, she, she had an emotional moment and she was explaining it and she was really emotional. And I was like, well, what, like, were you hurt? And she's like, I wasn't hurt. I wasn't hurt. And then we were like, well, what was that? What was that feeling? And then we, we were able to kind of identify, she thought it was a couple other feelings. And as we just kept talking about it, it really was something totally different. So just being able to sit and identify. And then once we kind of identified it, we were like, oh, I don't know. It just was like calming for her just to be able to identify like, oh, why was I so emotional? And just, just having those conversations. Yeah. What is the RAIN method? by the way, for like, um, emotions where it's, um, isn't it rain react, assert, and no, it's, um, recognize (laughs) it's rain. It's recognize what's going on. So like for emotions, um, it's R A I N. So recognize what's going on in the feelings. I do not spell rain, but that's what I was thinking. R E sorry, go on. Recognize, recognize, allow the experience to be there. It just is what it is. Investigate it with kindness. And then, and is natural awareness, um, which comes from natural awareness. That's perfect. It's like, and that was part of self-compassion, but a lot of it, I think is when you're going through some of those is really to kind of put that on there. Like, okay, you're mad. Okay. Be mad. And then let's talk about what is it? What is that, that you're mad about? Right. And really like you were talking about, right. You peel off the layers of that. And then there's this natural awareness of like, ah, yeah. And I, I think too, tapping into our bodies, encouraging our children to notice how they feel when that happens. So like, oh, when you're anxious, where are you feeling that in my stomach? Okay. When you're mad, where do you feel this? Oh, my face is hot. Also just, I think that will help later when we talk more about knowing, but just kind of noticing where you feel it in your body too. Um, and just like tapping kind of like relating to the gift of fear, you know, that we've Mm -hmm. talked about before, right. You have natural instinct and your body is also telling you how you're feeling as well. You know, and I also think us leading by example, Yes. You know, us, us sitting by example, by talking about, um, you know, I feel blank, right? Like talk about your feelings. I feel really stressed this week, you know, Hey, you know, I'm really sad. I'm really, really sad this week because, um, you know, X, Y, Z, and just you doing that leading by example. That's a good point. Um, let's talk about encourage selfful. Yeah. I know this is, a term that we talk about a lot, but I think it's so important that instead of thinking of prioritizing our needs as selfish, we can teach our children of it being healthy. I look, so our mom, this was before Pinterest, right? But mom was like a Pinterest mom. I look back, I mean, and I read about how this can be damaging when we're like trying to be superhuman, how that ends up damaging your kid because you're like, oh, what does a wife and mother do? They do everything. They never sleep and they work 40 hours a week and then they make a beautiful lunch and then the house is beautiful, right? Like that's damaging 
you know, not, I'm not saying our mom was damaging by looking back and I'm like, mom made us frosted cookies based on every season where we wake up and there'd be heart cookies on Valentine's day and, you know, egg yeah. cookies on Easter. And I look back and I'm like, dude, she worked 40, if not sometimes 50 hours a week, sometimes two jobs. Yeah. And like, do you think she showed self-care? I don't even think she knew what that would be for her. Yeah. Right. Doing everything to every, doing everything for everyone. Yeah. Right. And so then that's how, that's what I was doing. You know, I was being everything for everyone. And then I'm like, dude, I'm like showing my kids a mother is like this self-sacrificing person that does nothing for themselves. And that's definitely not what I want to be doing. Well, I felt like so much of that is example. As a kid, you know, I felt a tremendous amount of shame when people would say you're being selfish stop being so selfish. Like that is definitely something I got a message on a lot. Um, and there's shame associated with that instead of really encouraging people or kids. I think that's the hard part is, um, it's, it's not that you have to always get what you want. It's also being considerate of others, but it's okay to get what you want. If you're not hurting others or, you know what I mean? Like that's what we're talking about self full because selfish has such a negative connotation yeah. and it's about yeah. like filling yourself, getting yourself full. You're, you're taking care of yourself. Um, and you're practicing all the doing things that you love that fill your cup and working with the kids on that. I think actually talking about this, tell me what you think. So my kids, okay. So whatever, let's say they're playing Roblox or they're playing video games with their other kids, with their friends, and they love playing video games with their other friends and they could do it for hours and hours and hours. But honestly, it's really hard for them to understand this, but I observe them. It does not fill their cup. It fills their cup a little bit, but then they lose the match or then their friend drops off. And there's all these other things that are sudden things that happen during that interaction that end up depleting them. And like the last two days, I would allow my kids to do team time because I don't like them to be on video games anyway, but they are doing Minecraft, which by the way, you know, they were with Gabs yesterday. They played with Gabs for yes. quite a while. What, and what's called, he's always exit. He called it 657 today. And I was like, who's going? Cause the kids were sleeping. And I'm like, I found Dominic's phone downstairs. And I was like, I was going to text him and be like, can you tell Wes we're on Pacific time? I will. <laughs> hey, Gab, you want to play Minecraft time? again? Is it, is yeah. it team time? Yeah. Is it team, is it team time? time? No, <laughs> I'll, I'll, um, tell him. No, he, Dom already talked to him. It was just funny. He said it was an accident, but it was funny. Oh, good. So they, this team time, like when they do that and they work together, Minecraft is a great example. They're working together with people. It's a very pleasant experience. They're building things. There's no trauma happening, right? There's no, nobody's getting killed or nobody's, all those things that happen like Fortnite. competition. Yeah, like yeah. And so it's like, I can just tell they're just different kids. They don't realize how much that's depleting them emotionally. And I don't know how to like deal with it, which we can talk about kids and electronics on our next episode anyway. But I'm, I was trying to tell them like, don't you, they came back from, uh, camp and they both know how to play all these different card games. And I was like, don't you guys feel like such a better human connection when you're actually playing cards with somebody versus being on a video game? You know, I just observe that, right? It's a, it's much more fulfilling human connection when you're with that person and you're actually playing a game with them together. Does that make sense? But I think that's a perfect intervention of a 10 second sentence that just gets them thinking and leave it there. Right? Like, 
you know what I noticed is that you guys, um, you guys seem like way happier today. Oh, you, and you were playing their card game, the end, right? And then just like, just to get them thinking. And then I think um, for for Dominic, we we had some time where he was struggling to regulate emotionally. And so I bought him, have you seen those like really elaborate color by numbers? So I think we can also teach quiet time, like allowing your children to have alone time, um, I'll, for me, I would, I, that would be without electronics, but yeah. Um, yeah. You know, alone time, um, creative time. Like, I think we're just exposing them to what will fill their cup. So they'll know later, right. What that will be for them. Yeah. I think that's the thing is what, what we know, like as a parent, your job is to help them identify what is like self-fulfilling because they're very impulsive and they're going to do things that are very impulsive that may not actually fulfill them. It's like, it's like scrolling the death scroll on like Instagram when you're like looking for something that like makes you laugh or looking for something that's like, oh, that's that thing that is like, it's like you're looking for something instead of like taking a moment to be like, hmm, I'm actually scrolling on Instagram and I don't know what I'm looking for. I feel like this is probably not what I should be doing. Cause I'm guessing I'm not going to find it on Instagram while I'm looking. Yeah. And I think especially during COVID, I was seeing so many people and I found like I had wrote this article and put together all these resources on how do I find a hobby? I saw so many mm. people because their hobbies were taken away from them because of um, COVID and preventative measure measures and safety and th things being closed. I'm like, and people will be like, I don't even know what makes me happy anymore. And so I think it's important that we show that that's important and that we're always doing it and that we're encouraging that in whatever way, right? Like encouraging them to find things that, to find things that, that bring them joy and, um, yeah. And like, and we're modeling boundaries and then encouraging them to set boundaries around it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And I think finally, just like, you know, teaching our children how to tap into their knowing, right? How can we teach them to trust their gut? You know, we have a natural gift of intuition. How can we encourage that? Yeah. You know, um, I've noticed with, at least with my oldest, if there's a big change and we're talking through it, he reacts like, let's say I say, you know, I think you need to join a different basketball team and he starts crying and it's like before bedtime and he starts talking about why he doesn't like his coach and like why he doesn't like the team. And it was an interesting exchange with him because I think it was him grieving and like his deep downside knowing he needed to change teams and figuring out, um, figuring that out for himself. And I told him like, you know, I sense that you're upset because you, you know that you're ready to go to a different team. And this is just you kind of like processing that. And that this is your, you know, you're recognizing and working with him on like identifying that. I think with my kids are in Catholic schools. Um, and so, it's easy to talk about God in that way too. And that's why, although I'm not a hugely religious person, in some ways for 
kids or people who aren't mature enough to process, in some ways, God is an easy way to explain the knowing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can use that. I think like everything you're talking about, I think validating their feelings, you know, the worst thing that you can do if you have an anxious kid is to tell them not to worry. Right. Like that's right. So like, if you called me and you were like, Jess, I'm really stressed. I'm like, just don't stress about it. I feel like, oh, okay, right. And it's just like valid, like you were saying, you were doing validating his experience. And we can do that by just rephrasing what he rephrasing what he's saying. Like you're really, you're really stressed right now, or you're really worried about what decision to make, right? Just reflecting what he's he's saying. Or I always love the the tool I've used used as a therapist, but it sounds like, right? It sounds like you're really, you're really upset. It sounds like whatever, right? And so by not telling them what to do, but just by listening and reflecting what they're saying, then you're saying that what they think and what they feel is important. And if what they think and what they feel is important, they're important and they can trust themselves and know themselves and listen to themselves. Mm, That's great. You know, and I think um, we both are trying to teach our children mindfulness, right? Like with different types of meditation. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I think same thing as earlier, but like teaching them to pay attention to their body. Absolutely. How does sadness feel? How does the stress feel? Um, Even just like eating things or like just being, being aware of, of themselves and their bodies at all times. So they'll say, Oh, you know, I ate such and such and my tummy does not feel good. And I was like, yeah, Yeah, no, even with what they're eating, being aware of what does to you, people don't take time always to feel those signals either. They'll just be like, oh, I have a stomach, I can go about the day instead of like, oh, you know what? Something I ate didn't sit well with me. And just being aware of those things. And, you know, we've talked a lot about diet and things. And um, I've really been trying to train my kids on like, if you eat a donut and you have to go to the bathroom afterwards, it's probably because you ate a donut and your body doesn't like that because it's junk food. You can eat it, but now, you know, when you have stomach cramps afterwards, you're kind of paying the price. And so just at a young age, just telling them like what you put in your mouth also has consequences. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And so trusting like your body's telling you something like learning to tap into your, to the, like a mind body connection or like, yeah, absolutely. How how does this feel? Or, or how does, how does that feel? Or I think it's so hard because, um, you have like middle school children. I had read something right. Where like, they're trying to figure out who they are. And I remember Gabby, it was almost on a weekly basis, like her shoes, her hair, her makeup. Like it was like, I'm, goth this week and I'm preppy this week and you you watch them exploring who they are you know and so that is part of the journey like that they don't know who they are when they get into adolescence so I think just kind of um allowing that process you know Mm -hmm. allowing that process of 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 self-discovery um but then I I see that tapering off as Gabby enters high school and so now it's like okay you know, we did all that. We had these different friends. We learned these valuable lessons. And so how can we remember that and then tap back into that as we move through high school and start thinking about, you know, I'm hearing people asking her already, 
what does she want to study in college? What does she mm-hmm. want to do when mm-hmm. she grows up? And so I think that's important. If we want to encourage children that tap in there knowing that we're not saying you should be a lawyer, you should be, you know what I mean? Like you should do that. You should do this, but like allow them to kind of say, oh, you know, by just asking questions, like what really brings you joy or what do you like doing? Okay. What, uh, do you, what are any careers that might, you know, align with, with what brings you joy there? And so I think just being careful that we're not, um, doing any of the taming or caging, even if that comes from like a loving place of like, you're really smart. You should be a lawyer, right? Like that's, you know, it's not like you're being mean or trying to be mean, but then that's kind of like putting them in a box a little bit and, and maybe some underlying shame or guilt can come from that. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. I like the idea of working with them on really tapping into finding the answers from within, and that should help them also with a lot of emotional support, right? I mean, when they're going through difficult times, you know, um, having that as like they can get through a lot of that themselves or at least recognize um, what's within them can be a very powerful tool. So instead of thinking that we're the all-powerful, all-knowing parents, asking those questions, well, what do you think about it? Like you were saying. That's a good idea. Conversations with, with Wes and like, well, what what's your gut telling you here? Right. Because you know, I think it's so easy when they come to us, ask questions that we're like, oh, I've got this. This is what you need to do. You need to tell her to back off and don't text her again. Or, you know, <laughs> yes, we, we've lived the life. So we want to like save them from pain. Yes. You know, and so I think like in kind of wrapping up the conversation, we talked about um, teaching your kids to feel the feels, encouraging them to be selfful and working with them on tapping into their knowing. I think those are really powerful things as parents, we can help to um, encourage and shepherd our kids to be amazing, thriving humans. Yeah. And, and conversations that we can have to encourage our children to discover their true selves and to build self-trust and confidence. Yes. Thanks all. Thanks for tuning in. See you again soon. Don't forget to check out more about Untamed on our bookshelf on chasingbrighter.com. Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, chasingbrighter.com.